This episode of the Policy Viz podcast is brought to you by Nom Nom. Nom Nom is fresh dog food made by real people who really care. They're purposeful and enthusiastic about giving your dog the best food for them and their health so they can thrive and be their best. Nom Nom's food is full of fresh proteins your dog loves and the vitamins and nutrients they need to thrive. You can actually see the proteins and vegetables like beef, chicken, pork, peas, carrots, kale, and more right in the food. There's no fillers or weird ingredients with names you can't pronounce. Isn't it time to feel good about the food you're feeding your dog? Order Nom Nom today by going to nomnomnow.com and using the coupon code POLICYVIZ to get 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Plus, Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. That means if your dog doesn't love fresh, delicious meals, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just nom nom. Welcome back to the Policy Viz Podcast. I am your host, John Schwabish. Have you ever wondered about those charts and graphs and exhibits that members of US Congress bring to the House floor or to the Senate floor? They have the big posters sitting behind them on foam board, or they have a snowball that they hold in the well of Congress. Well, if you have not checked out the Floor Charts Twitter feed that's been around for several years now, you really should, because the guy behind it, who you may not know, the single guy behind it, Bill Gray, has been collecting screenshots of members of Congress showing their charts, their graphs, their exhibits, their data visualizations, their diagrams, their photographs for the last several years. And so I'm very excited to finally be able to have Bill on the show to talk about the work that he's done to pull this great resource together, how it started, how he does it, and what interests him about these different ways of visualizing data in Congress on the floor of the House and the Senate. So I'm going to turn it right over to our conversation. So here's my chat with Bill Gray, the author behind Floor Charts. And I hope you'll really enjoy this week's conversation on the Policy Biz Podcast. Hey, Bill, we did it. We got together at last. It's been so long. Good to see you. How are you? Hey, John, it's great to see you. Yeah, it feels it's been basically a year where we've been punting calendars back and forth being like, <laughs> When is there not a crisis? When are we not on vacation? When is there right. not a flood or a leak or Lord knows <laughs> what else? So, right. Yep. I know. Kids getting hurt. Kids getting sick. Oh, man. Yep. Um, well, it's great to see you because it has been it has been a while and excited to uh, to talk all things comms, policy, floor charts, all the all the good stuff. So, you know, I usually ask people when I do these interviews to talk a little bit about themselves. But what's interesting is when I do that, as most people know, you know, Sarah Smith, they know who Sarah Smith is. They just, you know, maybe don't know their background, right? But interestingly, I'm not sure most people like know the guy behind floor charts. So this is like for many people, like the introduction to the guy behind floor charts. So um, yeah, so maybe just like who you are, where you came from, what you're doing now, and then we can sure. then we can we can talk about all the floor chart stuff in a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So first off, floor charts is me. It's not 27 people. Um, I do feel like because I never sleep, people are like, oh, somebody, the floor charts responded. And I was like, no, it was me. Uh, so yes. Uh, so you and I met way back when, when I uh, kicked this crazy project off in 2012, when I was 
uh, a night producer at C-SPAN. Just my day job was watching and producing the House and the Senate constantly. And I'll get into more of the background later, but basically that intersection of like Tumblr's high point with news's interest and then Twitter being the place, like anybody who loved infographics, anybody who loved charts, you found yourself on an online platform, mm -hmm. you know, you, me, Robert Caro, like just being like that newspaper chart is no good. Why did we make a chart of that? Or what was Congress just doing? And mm -hmm. in your own CBO background, it was like, oh, this is just cool. Right. Like yeah. we found yeah. where after high school, after college in the work world, you found a bunch of nerds who kind of <laughs> wanted to talk about nerd things. Right. Um, Making you know, Making yeah, exactly. Pictures, right. Basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, like 2012 is when all this started. So we have 10 plus years of fun to cover. Mm -hmm. um, but for yeah, for those who don't know, like my name is Bill Gray. I, I live in D.C. I work in policy communications uh, similar to you. Right. Like trying to take those great ideas and shrink them enough to be digestible, um, yeah. right, without missing the point. Um, you know, went from being a journalist and realizing that as much as I loved journalism and, you know, for me, I, I came to DC explicitly to work for C-SPAN, right? Like mm -hmm. that wonderful place that everybody forgets exists sometimes because it's right. always on. And that was the dream, right? Like yeah. not to be the story, just to like absorb everything. Right. And then realized after a few years that I enjoyed talking about the work they were doing more than I enjoyed producing the work itself, right? Yeah. And because yeah. for anybody who doesn't know, C-SPAN, it's not the House, Senate, and White House. It's also decades of interviews and books. And like, there's even like an award-winning miniature documentary of someone sculpting Abe Lincoln's head in life-size, narrating his life as it ages. Like there's oh, so yeah. much history that I was like, oh, I've just got to talk about this all the time. Yeah. Right. And, you know, Howard Mortman, who's their communications director, who is, you know, one of my idols, um, he, he and I used to talk and he was just like, you love doing what I do <laughs> almost more than you love journalism. And I was like, oh, that's really smart. I should just go talk about policy and journalism, these things much more. Um, and so over over 10 years, found myself eventually where I am now, which is uh, I'm communications director for a, a growing think tank called the R Street Institute. Um, Probably everybody knows us because Shoshana Weissman um, of Twitter fame, a senator of East Virginia, um, in all tongue and cheekness, uh, is our digital communications director. And she's probably tweeting South Park memes at you to explain electricity policy today. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we love pirates and Star Wars and all the nerdy things in the world. Uh, have a director of canine policy because we like dogs. Um, and my day job is basically taking 30, 40 scholars worth of work and being like, how do we amplify for impact this kind of what we call policy victories at the margins of like until texas froze over a few years ago did you think about where your electricity came from mm -hmm. right you know the youth vaping crisis and how do you balance harm reduction for adults with a youth vaping crisis right like yeah. those those kind of like deep policy issues at the state and federal level don't always make the front page but when they do we're, we're standing there like all right who wants to talk about a solution first mindset you know, mm -hmm. because our goal is not always perfect, absolute, you know, end of day, nobody could write a better solution. It's what is feasible that's going to save lives, what is feasible that's going to improve lives, and then keep iterating during implementation, right? That kind of, you know, policy first, you know, politics second kind of agenda. Um, and it's fun to be there until you realize you're talking about flood insurance during hurricanes, right? And electricity yeah. during freezes, and that like, every day you don't get the policy done, there's real world impact on it, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it bleeds, it leads, drives news. And for us, I, you know, and I feel like you're part of this and, you know, at the Urban Institute, like 
policy is slow in change, but when it happens, it can be monumental, right, in impact. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got, I think, a nine-person communications, events, and digital team, and it's different kind of fun every day. Great. So before we get into floor charts, I want to talk about the digital comm strategy because floor chart lives in Twitter. Twitter, depending on your perspective, <laughs> Twitter is dying, is dead, is whatever. Um, But over the last 10 years, like the digital landscape has changed so tremendously. So the question is fairly general here, I guess, but like, where are you and your team thinking about digital comms now with this changing landscape? Yeah. So, and, and you, you, for those who don't know, and you probably do, John has a book called Elevate the Debate about policy comms. (laughs) And And I'm just flagging it because I bought this when it came out and I give it to a lot of my communications team because our street, especially we are a grass tops focused audience specifically. We are not grassroots, which means we left Facebook behind a long time ago, right? And so our, our digital lead, Shoshana Weissman, you know, and I knew each other before I went to work at R Street uh, and be her boss. And it was always kind of two major platforms, Twitter and LinkedIn, right? Like Twitter, because the, the bar to entry was so low, right? Every member of Congress had a Twitter account, you know, after hard work by Twitter to make sure that that constituent policymaker communication bridge was built. Um, And now, you know, she's trying every platform under the sun because for us, especially because we also do state policy, the ability for her to just get pinged by a state person to be like, hey, we've never encountered this policy problem. Can you guys help us? Do you know somebody who can help us? Mm. And, you know, I can't say enough to people that, you know, if you had told me you know, when I came to DC, that you know, a digital media director who loves to post South Park memes was going to be invited to Utah and Colorado to to sit down with policy teams and say, let's talk about occupational licensing and barriers to like nurses crossing state lines to like help during a pandemic. Yeah. I would have been like, what? Who? You know, like that mm-hmm. it didn't cross the mental lexicon at the time. So, you know, I think we're on Twitter until basically the day it dies, right? Yeah. But but for us, it's kind of following the audience, right? Like, mm-hmm. because, you know, the policy types, you know, there's Post, there's Blue Sky, right? There's all of these, and we're on all of them. But like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know if, if people know Daniel Schumann, formerly of Demand Progress, now over at Popbox Foundation, you know, Daniel Schumann has been doing, you know, lion's share of work to make sure that all of those congressional experts, all of those, you know, staff and members that if you're moving platform to platform, he's creating those lists on every platform for you. So that if you're that guy who really likes that CBO expert who does tweet, you right. can find them again. And and it's like the amount of work now to recreate the environments and the nerd circles you and I found ourselves in, right? Yeah. Where, you know, and it was funny. So one of the products our street did before I got there that still exists, um, Shoshana and one of our judicial experts did a database of like oral arguments, right? And mm-hmm. things like that, that was searchable. And then Axios puts out a story, I think it was earlier this week, maybe last week, that was all about like how often the various people presenting the Supreme Court get interrupted. Yeah. And in, in original Twitter land, you could have tweeted at the scholars, you could have tweeted at the Axios people, and I guarantee you Shoshana, which she did, would have found in like 24 hours, someone called her and said, you want our nerdy database? Why do you want our nerdy database, right? And now it's like, no, I've got to go find the story, find the emails, make it sound disarming that I'm actually interested in this really nerdy thing you did. And like, it's just another level of like, okay, the communications bridges aren't all built the same way, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's also, you know, for me, 
I mean, I found my jobs because of Twitter. I mean, I met my wife because of Twitter, yeah. right? Like, and the communication ecosystems where like, I've worked for journalism, I've worked on the center left, I've worked on the center right because I like the policies and like Twitter, let me break those walls down for those people to right. be like, yo, you work in campaign finance, you work in, you know, harm reduction, you two should know each other because you're both building coalitions and you can learn things. And now nobody has time for Twitter because the algorithm is busted, right? Yeah. It's not it's not showing you things that you want to see anymore. And so yeah. it's like, you know, kind of that, and it sounds silly, that old school, I've got to go through my, literally my virtual Rolodex, or if you're us, probably a stack of business cards to be like, <laughs> all right, who haven't I talked to in six months? Because I don't see him on Twitter anymore, right? Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, I, I'm so sad that it is basically dying. And I, I count myself lucky that I only get harassment when basically a member of Congress tweet something that includes me and everyone doesn't like that member for that moment yeah, right, right, um yeah you know but like linkedin like not the same thing and and how many of us you know god bless linkedin for a lot of things want to say yes to every single person who friends us on linkedin yeah. Yeah. um you know so we'll keep trying just like i'm sure you will um you know and hopefully with remote work these virtual platforms will, will catch up right to this kind of we're online, we can do this more if the technology and the social community catches up and we stop, you know, kind of hating the cesspools, right? Like, yeah. and and because for you and me, right? And, and everyone who's in, you know, again, like Robert Caro, kind of these data visualization communities, you know, when I started Floor Charts, there was another charts uh, blog called I Love Charts that was basically mm -hmm. just pictures of charts that they loved and they had yeah. books, they had books off of this deal, right? right? Like they used to invite guest people to like post for a week at a time. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it's just like, I'm not going to find that again. Right. Like, you know, WordPress doesn't have that discoverability mechanism. Tumblr has gone through multiple owners. So it's like, yeah. okay. Right. And it's like, what's the next thing. Right. And right. I still love Tumblr. I'm still on it, but like, when when I started, I, I hit this really unique moment after the 2012 elections where Tumblr was trying to really encourage discoverability. And so when you signed up, they would have this grid of like 15 blogs based upon your interest that you should immediately follow. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who apparently popped one that was like news, politics, government and like nerd, I ended up in so many of these cross sections that within like the first year, it was like 20,000 followers. And, yeah. I, and I was like, I don't even know what to do with 20,000 followers, <laughs> right? When I'm just right. posting photos of like Chuck Grassley and a debt and deficit dragon, <laughs> but they, they liked it, right? Yeah. And like, they wanted more. And now, like, if I were starting this from scratch, I wouldn't know where to begin, right? Because my, my view of, and I love doing floor charts, it is a passion project for real, but like, my view is that I am actually doing what the Library of Congress should be doing, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, and we'll, we'll get into this because we talk data viz, but like archiving the photos that taxpayers pay for, right. sourcing these things, right? Because you can't always read the source material, right? And yeah. it's like, it's not impossible and, hi and highly resource intensive, but like so many times the point of the floor speech or the debate is actually the chart or the poster, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I love that C-SPAN is the one archiving all of them, but like, not everyone's going to be me and watch a whole lot of C-SPAN every day, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, like I will follow you, John, whichever platform you choose to go to, um, you know, <laughs> which may I'm, just I'm be out. a podcast, I mean, I, right? Yeah, it would just be a podcast. I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, for me personally, and I, I've written about this in, in other places. I mean, I'm 
not adding platforms. I'm just subtracting. <laughs> I mean, and I think to your point a little bit, I think there's a generational kind of not gap, but there's a generational change. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's good data viz stuff on TikTok, but I, like, I'm not going to do that. I just, it's, it's really labor intensive. I've got a full-time <laughs> job. I've got kids. I've got other hobbies, right? Like, so, you know, maybe, maybe blue sky or, or I don't know about threads, but like, I don't know, maybe there's other ones that there'll be a community, but so far I'm with you. I haven't heard of any of the friends that I've made all through like in the data viz world through Twitter. Um, I, you know, there's still, every once in a while there'll be some little conversation on Twitter that pops up be like, Hey, is anybody here? Like, am I just screaming into the ether? Like, and, and, and it's, it's true. It's just kind of, I think it's sad for a lot of us who were able to stay out of the, the muck and the, and the terribleness that can be on social media and just were able to use it for good. Um, but having said all that, you did a very nice lead into, uh, into floor charts. So I think first question is, do you just sit in front of your TV watching C-SPAN 24 hours a day? Because you said it's just you, which yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many listeners will be into, uh, you know, how many listeners are like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's one dude just doing this. It's not like a team or an AI or something like, so what is the process like? Yeah. Yeah. So first off, anybody wants to do this with me for free, you're more than welcome to come on board. Right. And I've, and I've said it for years, but it's also like, not being a coder, not being, you know, the most tech savvy, so to speak, right? Like, yeah, someone wants to figure out how to pull screenshots from C-SPAN with AI that accurately codes congressional bio IDs and like everything else, like come, come forward. Right. Um, yeah, no. So it's interesting because, you know, there's, I, I categorize floor charts in pre-pandemic and then post-pandemic, right? right. Pre-pandemic floor charts, I had, I started my job at R Street two days before the COVID-19 lockdown. Um, and, uh, was very blessed that basically when I was at C-SPAN, I had a four day work week in like an overnight shift because news happened at night, which meant I had three days off to just go be a nerd and like watch a lot of C-SPAN off clock. Um, when I went to a small advocate and, and also a journalism org in between, right? Like these were not 24 seven jobs. I wasn't at the director level at the same way. So like mm. leave work at work, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like go home, you know, if my, if my girlfriend now wife was at work, right? Like had some of those free times. Um, and also, you know, in that high moment of Twitter, staffers were beginning to learn if we talk to him or let him know something is coming, it uh, will get to the blog faster, right? right? Or in my case, because I was a reporter first, followed a, almost every congressional White House reporter on social media that I could, right? In part for my job uh, at C-SPAN, but also in part because these were the guys that like their literal job was being glued to the House and Senate movement. So if there were mm. slow times, which is how C how floor charts got started. You know, these guys were being like, hey, look at what's happening on the floor. And if I didn't have C-SPAN on, I could be like, okay, I can turn it on. And like, now we're good. Niels Lesniewski is my reporter god that I still think and talk so much about. Um, and one of those iconic moments was Senator Tom Coburn, Republican of Oklahoma, um, got up on the Senate floor and literally tore up a giant visual credit card uh, of the nation's debt and said, I'm done mm -hmm. with the credit card. And, and I say it was iconic because he did it. it I was out at dinner with my uh, now wife and girlfriend, who was a staffer on the Hill at the time. And I every single version of reaching me, my phone rang, 50 million text messages, DMs. Everybody in that day had nothing better to do than to watch a senator be like, I'm shredding a credit card. And then, you know, probably not unironically, 
like two weeks later or so, C-SPAN Q&A, the long form interview program, led with that moment for an interview with him, mm. right? And then everybody who didn't watch House and Senate but really was glued to that primetime programming was like, hey, let's remind him it happened again. And I was like, yeah. oh, no, I know. I'm very well aware, <laughs> right? So, you know, in some phenomenal ways, this ecosystem bubble of, like, government staff, including people like you, right? Like, the private sector nerds or what I call, you know, the public interest nerds, right? Like, who watch that sort of stuff and are like, okay, that's funny. And, and I have to do this for my job anyway. I'm going to tweet about it. Mm -hmm. All kind of started intersecting into this world of like, okay, Congress not always fun to watch but in those moments they were starting to realize more and more the internet basically memefied a lot of congress right yeah, and yeah. and it just all hit that peak right because the starting of floor charts was the week after the 2012 presidential elections um dick durbin went on the floor when they were talking about um regulating five-hour energy drinks um and those kinds of like you know brand new to the market sort of things and he had a five-hour energy drink and niels lesniewski and elise foley at huffington post niels is at roll call um were tweeting back and forth that this existed and basically were asking each other why is there no archive of all of these crazy things and i yeah. was at home and was watching c-span because i had nothing better to do um and always had it on and was on twitter and i literally just went to tumblr and created senatecharts.tumblr.com popped it up. I emailed Howard Mortman, our communications director, C-SPAN at the time, and was like, FYI, I'm doing this. I know it's late at night, but do you guys want this, right? Like, does C-SPAN want to take this? And his response was like, no, like, it's your thing. Go ahead. But in the kindness of his heart, and, and this is where C-SPAN really shines, C-SPAN always likes to support when regular people love to use its work, right? Yeah. Like, not in just a, like, hey, cool story method, but like, book tv and when the bus used to go around it was this kind of ecosystem of mm -hmm. c-span and so you know c-span enjoyed the fact that like all of a sudden congressional reporters were like there's an entire archive based on this so i'm going to go send this guy all the crazy charts that i've been taking screenshots of for my entire <laughs> life and you know it was like yeah, it was funny because in the first month i had I, when the Tumblr following increased, I started getting messages being like, can you post less on Tumblr? Because my entire feed is you now. And <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I didn't even think about like basically feed dominating these 20,000 yeah. followers. And blessedly, you know, Tumblr has always had a schedule function kind of queued in, right? And like yeah. all of these things. But like, you know, in the world of floor charts, right? Like Twitter didn't exist. This would not have happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Like and because I had a, I had and not many people know this prior to floor charts I actually had a blog called overheard on C-SPAM. Right. That was just watching all of these archival things. Right. Like Ed Rollins way back in Reagan's days talking about defunding the Department of Education in front of a bunch of students. Right. Like or yeah. like, you know, um, Alfred Kahn, you know, uh, Jimmy Carter's D-Reg guy doing like a final exit interview with C-SPAN. And just watching these things and being like, this is fascinating, but also all these policy conversations are cyclical, right? Yeah, you know, I was yeah. in my 20s and being like, all this is coming around again, yeah, right? right. Um, and, and, just, and just throwing these things up on a blog and being like, this is fascinating. We're like my favorite one. There is old school Batman hawking treasury bonds um, in the C-SPAN library, right? And, and every once in a while, I'm like, Yo, does anybody remember that this the government did this, right? Yeah, like, right. or the the big for people who don't work in in television, right? Like 
those big kind of like you always hear about these trade association like big junkets in like vegas or other places new tv technology right like new digital technology these huge things um there used to be on at some of these they would do like game fake game shows with like tv executives mm -hmm. there's one where like before cnn really got like got dominating like where they all were just dunking on ted turner right mm -hmm. like all the other news executives and you're just watching ted turner pre the cnn domination just yeah. in this moment where you can see him kind of like being like oh i'm going to get back at you all but like i'll enjoy it and it's all just there right yeah. in this right. library of archival video and it's free yeah right and and like you know it was just kind of this moment where it was like and there were followers on that blog right and it was fascinating that there were but mm -hmm. like at the same time like nowhere near the nexus of like funny image meets board reporters meets congressional staff realizing oh i can and this this has been the, the policy communications getting back to the podcast this has been the change congress and staff don't need earned media anymore right like you know yeah. that that direct to constituent or direct to whatever audience you want to speak to the internet enabled that in a larger fashion social media juiced it and they all realized oh wait right like i all of a sudden can do something that will probably generate earned media in some fashion if i want it to but like yeah if you're flipping tv and all of a sudden you see um you know chuck grassley with a giant dragon right uh, and you're like why like yeah. why is always the right. first thing and yeah. you know and and you will remember as i do like john stewart used to feed off this stuff right oh, yeah. like rachel maddow featured featured this once i got this going she featured all of these things right yeah. like television feeds off television sometimes and so i will always give props to like adam sharp and the og dc twitter people for getting congress engaged on twitter and getting government engaged on twitter um but you know the supercharging of like you can't, not every story is going to earn some media, right? Like mixed with younger people in Congress controlling the levers of social media, right? Yeah. Like the most viral moment to me that's positive. And then there's the funny moment, which was the snowball on the Senate floor, um, right? Um, yep. Exactly. But, you know, uh, it was, I think last year, um, Sean Kasten, right? Member of Congress, his digital director turned communications director made hot Ferk summer go viral um in and and went and got earned media in every place you would imagine from like you know basically like teen vogue to all the tv programs because she had sean Caston go up and do a little freestyle musicking to the notion of like FERC, this federal agency helping solve climate change and it's this you know like 20 plus year old staffer who just realized i need this to be fun i need yeah. to make policy communications break through yeah. but in a way that was also unlike someone like me who is twitter first was like TikTok and visual and video first yeah right and and that kind of like evolution because all of a sudden it went from her yeah and i've and i've met amelia amelia no longer works for sean caston um but we got coffee and i was just like i have to give you huge props as a policy communicator because you leveraged like trade publication to national publication to television an yeah. entire dialogue for for weeks about hot FERC summer so it is interesting the way you describe that sort of growth because it reminds me of of snl saturday live like when like andy samberg sort of like figured out that like 
YouTube was going to be the thing and started making like these smaller viral. I mean, they went viral all of a sudden. And it's just interesting how it took so long, I guess, for members of Congress to realize they had this, they could do the same thing, right? Like the same, they have the same power to build these visual, I don't want to say products. That's not the right word, but these, these visual moments, right. Where they could actually do a better job of communicating their data. You know, just briefly, like there is a house printing office, right? Like there's a government printing office, right? Yeah. But there's, there is like house creative services and you know, no one, I mean, C-SPAN actually has video from inside back in, I think I want to say late eighties, early nineties. Um, nowadays, no, you can't get a camera inside, right. Of that sort yeah. of thing. But like there, there is this office that's, that members can say like, I need this printed. I need this designed. Right. Or some of them can go to FedEx Kinko's or they're back in their district, but like this, this power does exist. And it's actually funny because, and I'm, I'm going to pull it up in real time, um, here, if I can find it real fast, like the, I actually had somebody on Twitter again, pointing to this moment, right? Like where uh, he uh, tweeted at me, and this is back in 2016, that he was reading a book uh, by David McCullough. And he was like, hey, did you know they had charts way back when? I was like, okay, define way back when, right? Because I've been watching a whole lot of C-SPAN. Um, right. and, and he was like, no, like, and, I, and I'm gonna like preview the, like read a bit of the passage, right? And, it's, and, I, and I forget which McCullough book it is. I think it's Path Between the Seas. Um, mm -hmm. and, he, and it's this story right about like senator uh marcus alonzo hannah um delivering a speech right and and the description of the chamber that is given is the chamber was nearly full and all about were hung enormous maps and plans mm -hmm. one map of central america and the caribbean islands reached from the gallery railing to the floor showed the location mm -hmm. of every volcano active or extinct right and it's just this notion of like pre-camera like pre-tv they were doing this, right? Like they were yeah. using visual aids to drive the point home. Yeah. And and what basically happened, thanks to C-SPAN's cameras, is all of a sudden the lights went on and it it the audience just exploded outward, right? Yeah. Like, and so yeah, like I have never done the math and I will not do the math, but if you are a nerd and want to do the math, I'll let you. Um, like charts, the, the self-describing floor, floor charts is basically charts, props, and posters, right? Because yeah. It really does usually, those are the easiest categories. Charts are minimal, right? Like they used to be more like we, we Kent Conrad, you and I, you and I mentioned, right? Like there is a chart by Senator Chris Coons of Kent Conrad's rise, right? When PowerPoint became a thing and yeah. then the exponential increase of charts by Kent Conrad, right? <laughs> like I think I counted one time, he brought like 30 to the floor at once, right? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you're the budget guy. like but those were literally charts right yeah. like line graphs and all of that sort of stuff and now like the last most popular thing i posted on the blog right was like ted cruz with a photo of like china spying on you from a computer right yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know like um you know memes and photographs right kind of took over and even i mean the props are less but those who who are c-span junkies and if you're not you'll you'll google this there was a time i forget which member it was uh, came to the floor and literally built a fake southern border wall, right? And like from Home Depot parts and talked about like, is there a way we can electrify it, right? And I was like, you literally just built a wall on the floor from Home Depot parts, right? <laughs> there's a, like, there's definitely a joke to be made here about how many miles of the southern border of the wall has actually been built there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that alone, right? Yeah. But like, but it was one of those things where it's like, yes, like 
it, it is less charts and data, at, right, yeah. and more now photograph meme and and mm -hmm. occasionally prop, right? I um I think it was Debbie Watsman Schultz once once brought um like a bobblehead elephant to like showcase like the yes vote, right, just back and forth, right? Yeah. But right. like you know, uh, and for those who don't know, and and ask Niels Lesniewski, right? Like Niels is is the dean of these sorts of things. There are rules about what you can bring to the floor, what you mm -hmm. can't bring to the floor, right? And you know, there has been only one time in my life, and I'm I'm trying to remember the member where I got a I got a phone call. Uh, it was after I had left C-SPAN, and they said, "Hey, our <laughs> our prop has been blocked from coming to the floor. Would you like us to come talk about it?" Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll come to your office. It's after hours. It's fine." Um, and and if I remember the member's name, every single person will remember who this guy is because it's the member who said the Republican plan for healthcare was for you to die quickly. Um, and the prop that got blocked was for those who were who were in DC. There was a New York newspaper cover of of I think it was um, Abraham Lincoln covered in excrement, right? And it was this John Boehner negative speaker moment. And the parliamentarian had said that that visual image demeans the body, mm. right? And that was one of my first entrees to oh, this is an interesting moment that like somebody can actually stop these things from coming right. to the floor. As I said, Niels knows the rules better than I do because I no longer am that nerdy of a congressional person. But like, I have I have not heard of many more being blocked, right? And and there are plenty of things that we all see make it to the House and Senate floor. Yeah. Where we're just like, you know, that's basically a Twitter image or a PowerPoint meme that's just been shoved onto a poster. Right. right. Um and and but it's like that that's now the purpose, right? Like I am a chart nerd, I am a dataviz nerd, I am the guy that probably like you, if somebody uses one, I'm looking at where the source is. To yeah, be like, yeah. where'd you get the data? Can I go back and find the actual report? Um, right. And like I, I'm the one who's gonna gonna basically shit post at a member when you're in the back of the chamber, you built a really shiny chart and the, yeah. the light is reflective, so I can't see it. Right. <laughs> like because for those who don't know, like the the lights in house and senate cameras, they're controlled by Congress, right? Yeah. Like they're not controlled by private sector. So they can, and they have they have hundreds of camera angles they can choose from. And I'm like, right. you can move that light. I know you can move that light. Yeah. Is there a guy I can tweet at to move that light in real time? Right. right? right. And so like, I like it when they use actual charts and data because then I can see what's your argument. And there are only a few members, and Senator Joni Ernst is one of them. Who, and her staff are exceptionally good at like saying to me in like two hours, probably going to be on the floor. Right. And I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Right. Like, because even if I can't appear, appear in real time, I can, I can flag it. Right. Um, but some of these members and, and Joni Ernst's office does this every once in a while, they'll post the moment obviously to the constituent newsletter, right. Or the website, but they'll also frequently include the source, right. If they're mm -hmm. actually citing stats and figures, right. Even if it's a photo, they'll include sourcing because Congress is inherently political, like, right? That is the job. But like for those of us who work in policy communications, we just want to know, right? Like, because one, you could be a, a subject area we have expertise in that can solve the problem. Or two, like you, your data may actually be wrong, which does happen sometimes. Like sure. misprints happen, right? Like, you know, there have been times where they've had the chart upside down, right? Like, yeah. and you know, I, I'll share with you so you can share with your readers or your listeners. Like there's a very famous peak oil chart that has like 17 different freaking axes to it that went onto the floor. And I use it as an example of like, not only bad visual design, but I hope the purpose of that chart was to showcase, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, right. right? Like, um, 
but like i wanted to know when i saw that i was like what member why and who right yeah. like and because you know again you you worked at you know at cbo like you want to put those those connections together sure right like if, if even if you're just a data viz nerd you want to know much less a policy nerd and a communications nerd right right it is interesting that there is someone who reviews or looks i mean i'm i'm surprised with some of the things like just marjorie taylor green bringing on naked pictures of hunter biden like made it past some filter i guess well um, again I, and i think there's differences between committee rule and like house oh, and senate oh, floor and probably and right like yeah. because because committees i think committees are institutions unto themselves but it is still a moment where if there aren't rules i would stand back and be like well why not right and if the rules yeah. are inherently political such as the chair gets to decide yeah. One, I would like to know that just in, in almost any story that is written about those sorts of, of props and images, right? Like, because there are funnier moments. I think there was one where like Fred Upton and another member were had made a bet and were passing like a bottle of alcohol back and forth, right? Because they lost right. the bet, like a funny moment. But there was also, you know, moments where I think it was, I want to say it was Greg Walden brought in like a jar of water that had been contaminated, right? And it's like, Okay, are there medical rules around bringing in a jar of water yeah. that's contaminated? Like those little right. things where it's like journalism can only go so deep. We know that, right? Like inches, inches matter in, 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 in regular print. But for those of us, you know, I have met so many people in D.C., both Twitter and offline, who will say like engaging with floor charts and the notion of like why was that made them want to be more engaged and some of them to go work inside of Congress, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so happy for that. Because the original point of C-SPAN was to kind of demystify, right, yeah. some of these things. And for me, like, that was the point of floor charts was to be like, this is yours. You pay for this, yeah. right? right? Like, if you, if you pay attention, like, there's a responsiveness mechanism that can be had, right? And now it feels like there's almost no way, right, to, like, build that relationship again between, like, does the staffer want to engage on Twitter? Does the staffer want the email engagement, right? Because I've I've tried, um, and I understand why most staffers aren't interested, right? But like when Substack came out and I was like, all right, let's pop a flowchart Substack and talk about how you go from idea to chart, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and like, you know, most staffers, you can only talk so much about the business of the office, right? Like, yeah, yeah. and like yeah, sure. the create and the creative process. Some of them have much more freedom, right? And some of them, by the time you get to talking about that, the narrative has shifted negative <laughs> on the policy issue, right? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, once you're back to the only way you interact with government is by the by the pipelines they that are they kind of decide, right? Phone right. call to your member office, email to your member office, and not all these staffers are online. Some of them really just want to talk to people. Like some of them mm -hmm. don't know, maybe they shouldn't talk to people because like all of us will tweet at them all the time. Yeah. Um, like there, there was a couple of years there um, where uh, there's a guy named Yuri Beckelman. I think you know Yuri, um, maybe not. Yuri um, worked in Congressman Mark Takano's office. He worked for the Modernization Committee. Um, Yuri uh, actually, he, he brought um international like um chart day to congress uh. um did an entire day again robert Kara, who i keep mentioning over and over was there and like his his big idea for floor charts which i'm thankful for that he did it we reprinted like the 50 most popular crazy posters and built an art gallery inside of one of the house office buildings and oh, was just nice. and we were just like come hang out guys right and all these yeah. staffers were like oh your floor charts and i was like 
yes, this is the purpose. You yeah, literally right. tweeted all of these memes because you want me to talk to you, yes. right? And right. now, like, I yeah, I know how to contact Congress because I work in D.C., right? But, like, if, you know, and I think the, the most famous charts for a very long time, um, and, and uh, there's a few members that do it like, like clockwork, we're always the, like, high school team wins, right? Mm -hmm. Or like so-and-so gets congressional like, you know, medal or something. Yeah, right. And and it's like, those are wonderful, really like local moments, right? And it's like, they get tweeted just as much as they're on the floor. But like, if you remove the social media aspect of, of policy comms, all of a sudden it's like, did the member have time? Was the member in session to tell those people, hey, you're gonna be mentioned, right? <laughs> like right. in this speech, um, you know, and again, I'm a broken record. It goes back to like, I really would like Library of Congress, some formalized government body to realize like, this is kind of like basically congressional mail, right? Like, right. this is a thing. Right. This this yeah. is something people would take an interest in. And I've had journalists, Derek Willis being one of them, he's no longer with ProPublica, mm -hmm. um, who, who, who've asked me multiple times, how formal is your archive, <laughs> right? Yeah. Could, could we Could we basically like really implement it into basically like an actual database set that is searchable and sortable and findable and i'm right. like yeah it's c-span screenshots guys like you got 27 staff like bring it but like if i don't yeah and this is this is what i mean by pre-pandemic post-pandemic the pandemic shift right of of congressional going fully like remote for a while but also all of us being glued right yeah. indoors like on top of basically becoming a director of you know eight to nine people just burned through free time right, right. all of a sudden right and so it's like i don't get to keep up as much as i would like i can promise you i don't miss anything but at the same time like twitter decreasing in its algorithm mm -hmm. like relevance i don't get tweeted nearly as much anymore yeah right yeah, like and sure. and so it's like you know, and I, and look, I don't love social media platforms for a whole host of reasons, but for my ecosystem, it was wonderful. Again, I met my wife because of Twitter, right? right. Like I, I really can't hate on the platform too yeah. much for that aspect, yeah. right? So to wrap up, so what does the future look like for you in floor charts? Yep. Like, are we going to get yep. the coffee? I have always wanted the coffee table book. Like, are we going to get the best of coffee table book? Like, so let's, Hold on one second. Uh, we act, so I actually have two coffee table books. Well, should define them more as picture books because coffee table books have a specific publishing connotation um, yeah, yeah. to my friends who work in publishing. So give me one second. So and this is actually a good story. So um, for those who are C-SPAN watchers or not, C-SPAN has book TV, um, right? One of the most popular things on the planet for, for those people um, who, who are older and love books. Um, and, and it means C-SPAN does get a chance to kind of work to publish um, their own books, right? Like, and you find them in like, I think the last one was like a compendium of Q&A interviews and things like that. Again, nerd like me loves these things. Um, and so uh, for those who don't know, C-SPAN was founded in the brainchild of Brian Lamb. Um, and, and please Google him and read all about him because he is truly an American hero. Um, and C-SPAN... Um, when, when I was there, as I said, I came to DC explicitly for C-SPAN and they had an open door executive policy. And so I used to spend hours before work and after work just hanging around the network, right? And like mm -hmm. realizing I wanted to learn from these people. Um, and so after I left C-SPAN, I always felt blessed that if I ran into Brian, he literally would stand in the street for half an hour with me and answer my crazy questions mm -hmm. because he he's a journalist. I mean, C-SPAN has a radio, right? Like radio, it has online, has three networks, has all of this stuff. And this guy 
was was there for so much of it it's like how much is in your brain right like yeah. So uh, one day I I was talking to him about books and he was giving me as as best he could the down low on the publishing industry and just mm-hmm. how impossibly hard it is to break into regular publishing right and I had friends I you know I mentioned I love charts I had other friends who had done the three sixty five a day calendars right or like you know the coffee table books and they and and he said to me he's like why don't you just self publish it like why don't you go to mm-hmm. one of those basically like online things. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I've got 10 to 12,000 of these freaking things archived. Like how in the daylights am I going to find time? So uh, I was talking to another friend of mine that everyone who's on Twitter probably knows, Tammy Gordon, um, Mm -hmm. uh, at Tammy. Um, Tammy Tammy and I met each other because she used to be the digital lead, amongst other things, at AARP. And and they were famous for this, this campaign called Disrupt Aging. Um, because AARP, you think of older people and they, and they were like, no Grammy and Emmy awards. Let's just, let's disrupt the narrative. Right. So they had tweeted one day about like, you know, basically like how many rappers can you guess are like, you know, part of the AARP like age range or something like that. And she was in a meeting and I tweeted back at her, how many of those rappers have appeared and rapped on C-SPAN? Um, and she, we got coffee later and she was like, I was literally in a meeting and it's like, how is this kid one-upping me? Right. <laughs> on my own campaign in it, like in a meeting about a campaign. Um, and Tammy is wonderful. We've been friends for a while. And Tammy had a friend who specialized very explicitly in helping people run successful crowdfunding campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, things like Kickstarter during it's like real hate, original yeah. heyday moment. And I reached out to her and I was like, if I wanted to Kickstarter a coffee table book, is it possible? And she was like, oh, we can absolutely do this. Right. And so what ended up happening um, was this little crazy thing, right? That's like 28 to 30 pages. That's just the A to Z guide to floor nice. charts. And it's literally an alphabetical children's style book that's not nearly written well enough. Um, that's just like, you know, it's like A is for alcohol because members like to use alcohol on the floor, right? B is for big charts and budget charts. Really, yeah. cr- really silly things. And I went on to Kickstarter. And I ended up raising, I think, somewhere around $10,000 and printing like hundreds of copies. And uh, there was a Trump edition because I met some stretch goal and was psychotic enough to do a second one of these, right? Um, And it was one of those moments where like, I've given away a ton. Somebody recommended I give one to every congressional office. And I was like, you got money? Um, Like these things cost a little bit to print. Um, But it it was one of those moments where like, again, like because of Twitter, and, and I will say this, because of social media, within 24 hours, I had maxed the campaign already. Because, wow. but, but hilariously enough, none of it was journalists. None of it was the following I had primarily built, right? right? right. Because journalists don't buy a whole lot of books about nerdy things because they don't make a lot of money and they have other things right. to do. And right. congressional staff don't really need to buy these things because they work in it. But it was one where I was like, there's an audience, right? And like, I was, I was, I launched it very particularly around Christmas. So everybody wanted a stocking stuffer, right? But like, yeah, it was like, I have long wanted to do another one of these, but at the same time, and you and I talked about this early, and this was the struggle is like, this is, this is for those who are nerds, a, a mile deep inch wide sort of issue, right? Yeah. Like, and, and there are people interested in that, but how you then turn that into a product right? Yeah, like awesome. is, is the difficulty, right? And so yeah. for me, floor charts will always continue. I'm very mm-hmm. sad that basically like for a long time, uh, the, the running goal was to have like four or 500 queued posts on the back. So if I had a bad week, 
it was yeah, still it was running. Ready to roll. Yeah. And I ran out of those like three years ago, right? Yeah. And so now it's like Excel spreadsheets, right? Links and just trying to keep up as best I can because it's, it is impossible for one person to be the exhaustive full-time catalog, Yeah. right? Yeah. And like I was for about three years. Um, and then I was like, nope, no more. So like <laughs> the like to you know you and i work in policy communications right like at the end of the day like this is as robust a project as the interest in right basically this feature is and i have never yeah. lobbied a member to be like can you get someone like the library to handle this right like right. or right. how's creative services don't you have the digital files for all of this yeah, right, we just right. like attach it to something um, but like it, it will go on and I will continue to be the nerd that says this should be solvable. Right. Like, yeah. you know, because, you know, when I think about, and I'm, I'm a C-SPAN nerd again for a moment, C-SPAN runs something called student cam, right? Like these competitions for students to, to submit videos based upon a question where you can earn money and come to DC and all of that. And the requirements are they use C-SPAN footage. Right. And I'm like, if you had the congressional record tied to the video tied to the moment yeah. these sorts of things it just makes that entire communications and policy thing better, better. right yeah. like and it makes the communicating about policy better but it's work because as you know because you've seen the congressional record it's a whole lot of text <laughs> yeah yeah that's right that's <laughs> no right. time no time codes no no, no visual cues it's like no. okay and, and so because it's funny because in order to like if, if you go to floorcharts.com, most of what you'll see is like, if you want to see the congressional record for that moment or that day, it's linked there. And everybody always says to me, well, can't you just like only do that speech in the congressional record? And I was like, if the congressional record was digital first, yeah. I could do a whole lot of things for you guys. Yeah. I don't have the time to do that anymore. Right. right? Like, and so it's an awesome project. I'm so glad to be talking to you about this stuff. Right. But like, yeah, because like I, I still continue to believe the average reader, listener, viewer is more interested in policy than DC believes they are, right? And like, you know, my my plug at the end of the day is the only plug I really have because I love Floorchest. I love your I love your work, and you know this. Um, we kicked a podcast at our street this year that was called Red Tape because we are a center right, pro limited effective government, right? It needs to be mm -hmm. very effective, but it doesn't need to be as monolithic with just bureaucratic red tape. And the entire point of the podcast was we sat down and, and, and we, we were rapping and it was like, why can't I have solar panels on my house if I want, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why is someone trying to take away TikTok from me? Like, why are EVs only just now here, right? Mm -hmm. And it was this dialogue where it was like, break everything down to like, basically, if you had to just talk about it every day to somebody like on, on an, in an Uber or on a train. Yeah. And it was like, no, we found that the audience is really just wanted to know in simple terms right? right like about why government why not government why reg why not reg and and as i think we all know because i'm being repetitive you know this when you talk one to one with people right like it's a much more realistic engaging dialogue than just hey that party's bad that law is evil this person's terrible yeah. like and i because i always say like I'm interested in government. I'm not interested in politicians, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like they are interesting people. I read their books. I watch their speeches, but they are functions of government, right? Yeah. Like, and and for me, like the the word of the day for anybody who ever knows me is always P for precedent, right? Like you watch what government does because when it sets precedent, it has ramifications, right? And so for something like floor charts, like, like it's going to sound crazy, but like they will try to meme one up each other constantly, right? Like, 
Mike Lee bringing out Star Wars Tauntaun photos or, you know, Aquaman on a seahorse, right? Like Sean Caston going deep on like, you know, raps, like they try to outdo each other, right? Yeah. Like, and it's actually funny because there was, and then I will, I will, we will wrap this up. There was one moment and it was a very funny moment. It was after the 2020 election as when everybody remembers Congress really started having vigorous debate about how do we prevent another one six, but also like, how do you ensure that if you have another pandemic for with, with an election in the middle, you enable accurate, right, robust, secure, reliable elections. Yeah. And um, John Cornyn uh, got up with a chart that was like 94% say 2020 elections were like the easiest and or safest. And he was using it to make a point. And then another democratic member of the Senate came over, took the chart away from him and was like, yeah, I want to point out that this number's big, right? Like <laughs> that if, if this is your point, can we pass a law that makes this the point? Right. And, I, and, and it was the first time I'd ever seen that actually pass hands, right? Wow. And I was like, this is hilarious. This very funny moment for those who are interested in policy, like where'd the number come from? How do I get in touch with the member office? How do I take this moment and make it more real in, in like a solutions mindset? Like that at the end of the day is the purpose of things like charts and props in Congress, right? It's not just yeah. viral moments. Like they want right. you to pay attention, yeah. right? Um, and again, and, and I'm a broken record, like you pay for this. Yeah, right? this is like, ours. Whether it's $10, $50 or $100, you're paying for it. Yeah. And, and yeah. they often don't want to remind you of that. Yeah. Right. But, you know, just like you pay for government. So watch C-SPAN, so to speak. Right. Like, you know, you pay for pay for government, read the CBO reports, look at the props and tell them what you think, but kind of be respectful about it. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, John, like, again, I, I recommend for D.C. and you're not going to update it soon because you have a life. Anybody who hasn't who hasn't picked up Elevate the Debate to, to really understand policy and communications in the intersection this is why John and I know each other. This was yep. the original conversation, right? Like, right. And, and, and then I would say to folks who are listening, if you want to help Bill, <laughs> sounds like he could use some help. So if you want to help <laughs> collect, organize, catalog, how many images do you have? Do you, 12, do you have a stack? 12,000 12, on the back end at this point. 12,000 on the back end. So if you want to help organize 12,000 images into some sort yep. of usable database, I'm sure that would be great. Uh, Bill, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's great to see you. Always great see you, chat. Uh, I look forward to just watching more. Have a great weekend. Go Bills, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. It's good to see you. No problem. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Bill Gray, the author behind Floor Charts. I hope you'll, of course, check out the Twitter feed and his book. And I put a bunch of notes in the show notes page to this week's episode of the show. And while you're at it, I hope you'll do me just a quick favor. You wouldn't mind rating or reviewing the show on your favorite podcast provider. This helps me keep the show going, helps me attract high profile guests and the like so that I can bring you this show every other week for as long as I can. So until next time, this has been the Policy Viz Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. A number of people help bring you the Policy Viz Podcast. Music is provided by the NRIs. Audio editing is provided by Ken Skaggs. Design and promotion is created with assistance from Sharon Satsuki Ramirez. And each episode is transcribed by Jenny Transcription Services. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Policy Viz podcast is ad-free and supported by listeners. If you'd like to help support the show financially, please visit our PayPal page or our Patreon page at patreon.com slash policyviz.